Hey there, this is the Motherhood Elevated Podcast. I'm your host, Annette Jones, and this is episode number 14, Unconditional Love. You are listening to the Motherhood Elevated Podcast for women who want to find clarity of mind, create lasting emotional well-being and confidence, and achieve amazing potential. Come with me. This will be fun. It has been a little bit. We've had some big stuff going on um, the past few weeks. I'm sure many of you can relate. I know this is a pretty busy time of year for all of us. It seems to always get that way, right? No matter how we try to avoid it. (laughs) But it's also full of lots of great things and fun traditions. It's hard to believe that Thanksgiving is just a week away. Not sure how that happened, but I'm getting excited for the holidays and definitely trying to keep it simple this year. And just really enjoy being together as a family. That's a pretty rare treat for us nowadays to be all together in the same place. So if you have any fun traditions or great ideas that you and your family like to do this time of year, send them my way. We have some good ones, but you know, we like to change it up a little once in a while, keep things interesting. So I've also been doing a lot of coaching, which has been so fun for me. I love seeing how these tools really help people change their minds and change the results they're getting in their lives. And I've had the opportunity recently to work with teenagers. And let me tell you, that is powerful stuff to, to see teens get excited about learning about their minds and how to get awareness and how to be in control of, of what's going on in there. Just watching them learn and apply these tools is amazing. And I think the teen years can be really confusing and frustrating and really a high anxiety time for so many kids. And so many of us remember that as teens. And I just love seeing those little light bulbs and aha moments when we're talking about being deliberate in our thinking and not being afraid of our emotions and just feeling more in control of our individual lives. It's pretty cool to see these kids applying it and understanding it. And I think working with teens and their parents is pretty much my favorite. And I have um, some podcasts and other stuff in the works to kind of focus on um, for parents how to better understand your teens and help them navigate everything they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. So I'm super excited about that. Stay tuned. There's some really good stuff coming your way. So this week, I wanted to keep going with our little series. Um, The past couple of episodes, we've been talking about how developing the attributes of the Savior can help us to find greater mental and emotional strength and peace and even health in our lives. And This week, we're going to talk about love, which when you learn about Jesus Christ and his mission and his life, this is an attribute that he is just the embodiment of, right? And when we talk about the love of the Savior, many times we use the term charity or the pure love of Christ. So let's take a look at what that means. We'll talk about charity a little later on, but first let's take a look at um, that phrase, the pure love of Christ. And what the word pure means. And if you look at pure in the dictionary, it's the definition is something around, um, meaning not mixed or contaminated with any other substance or material. So if something is pure, it's real, it's clean, it's genuine, it's not tainted by anything, right? So if we think of that in terms of love, pure love is genuine. It's authentic. It's not contaminated by anything. And I was thinking this is probably what is meant by unconditional love, right? It's not based on conditions or tainted by judgments or opinions. It's just love. 
And I think this type of love is something that we can develop. It's a skill that we can acquire with practice, just like it, just like the other attributes we've talked about. And this pure love, this unconditional love, is the type of love that God has for us. But it can be hard for us with our finite mortal minds to really understand what this love is and how it feels. So Kevin Worthen, who is the president of BYU, the current president, gave a really beautiful devotional talk back in January of this year. Um, And he was talking about our relationship with God and understanding his love and how really feeling God's love for us can change us and how it's actually a commandment for us to learn to love others the way that God loves us. And so President Worthen says, It's easy to underestimate God's love for us. Indeed, with our finite minds and imperfect bodies, it is impossible for us to fully comprehend it in this stage of our existence. God loves each one of us with a love that is greater, more powerful, and more constant than we fully appreciate. He goes on to say, I believe there are many who underestimate the reach and constancy of God's perfect love for us because they analogize it to the less than perfect love we can muster for our fellow beings, thereby figuratively dragging God's celestial love down to the telestial level at which our love currently operates. Wow, I love that. So good. So I know I've fallen into that trap of thinking that God's love is like my love, that his love is sometimes maybe contaminated with the same types of judgments or conditions that I allow to interfere with my love for myself or for others. But it's so awesome to know that um, his love is so much more pure, that it's so much higher than the love that I understand um, and that I feel. And knowing that really changes the way that I can, first of all, receive his love and feel his love for myself, as well as knowing um, the capacity that I have to love others. And the potential for that. So um, so now let's throw in a little of the science in here. Remember, I've been taking some of the doctrines we have in the gospel and integrating them with what studies and science are telling us about our brains and emotions and how to thrive as humans and observing how they are telling us the same thing, that they are essentially supporting each other as truths. So Dr. Robert Enright, who I referred to in the last podcast episode about forgiveness, talks about the benefits of love in an article that was published in Psychology Today a few years ago. And he says, one underemphasized area of self-care is the daily practice of loving others. Do you want to take better care of yourself? Then consider extending your love to others. Do you want to recover more quickly from a physical challenge? Then add love to your rehab workout. Do you want to recover more quickly from others' insensitivity or deliberate ignoring or even cruelty? Then choose love over resentment. We are born to love and to be loved. When you love others, you discover your own intrinsic worth. Learn to love more consciously, more deliberately, more deeply. It is good self-care. So, so good. So again, we can see that in choosing the emotion of love, we are actually practicing our own self-care, which sometimes we think it's the opposite, right? That showing love for someone is doing something for the other person, that we're doing it for them if we love them. But really, love is a feeling that we get to feel, right? We've learned this about our emotions. So let's talk about love more specifically, unconditional love for ourselves and for others. Why would we want to love unconditionally? 
that sounds kind of maybe hard, right? Like it would take a lot of effort or like maybe we shouldn't love unconditionally. Maybe some people don't deserve that type of love or sometimes it might feel protective, like we're just looking out for ourselves when we decide to withhold love. Well, let's look back at what we talked about with forgiveness last time. When you forgive someone, who is it benefiting most? Who gets to feel that relief and that release when you let go of all those negative emotions directed toward that other person? You do, right? You are the one experiencing those vibrations, those sensations, and those reactions in your body. Your emotions most directly affect you. Well, it's the same with love, especially I think that pure love that we're talking about. Think about the last time you felt like pure love or the closest that you could feel to pure love. How did it feel? A few nights ago, um, we were all getting ready for bed and my littlest guy who's 10 now generally beats the rest of us. He's young enough or maybe smart enough that he doesn't stay up as late as the rest of the family yet. And so after we've read our scriptures and said our prayers as a family, he usually heads straight up and gets in bed. And sometimes he'll read, but he's up pretty early in the morning. So a lot of the time he just kind of crashes. And a few nights ago, I walked in his room to find him already asleep. And you know how when your kids fall asleep, they just look so angelic and everything they did that might have been frustrating or irritating that day kind of melts away and you just feel this immense gratitude and love for them wash over you. And it's just like your heart just wants to burst because it's so filled with love, right? You know what I'm talking about? That's a really great feeling to me. It's the closest thing I think I've felt to the love that God has for me and for us as his children. And even though I know that what I'm feeling is just a small part of his you know, amazing love, it's just a good feeling. It's when I want to feel more often. And maybe it won't always be that intense, but when you're feeling love, it's a good feeling, right? It's one that you want to feel. So why don't we choose to feel love more often? Why do we choose to feel disappointed or frustrated or maybe annoyed or angry toward other people? We talked about unconditional love. Well, what's the opposite of that? The opposite would be conditional love which is the way most of us choose to love, kind of not even knowing it, right? Conditional love means we set up conditions or rules around how or when or why we will love someone. And we decide that if someone else is respectful to us, then we'll love them. Or if they remember important things like a birthday or anniversary, then they deserve our love. We decide that if someone is easy to get along with or doesn't do anything we disagree with, then we will give ourselves permission to love them. And the interesting thing is that we set up different rules for different people in our lives. I was listening to a woman one time who was being coached on her relationship with her sister and she was talking about how she didn't feel a connection with her and she that her sister was really hard to love because she didn't reach out to this woman in the way she thought she should. And this sister hadn't returned some of her calls when she tried to reach out. And she knew she, she knew she knew she couldn't control her sister's actions, but she didn't want to feel this resentment that she felt toward her either when things like this happened. So the coach asked her if she had any children, and she said, yeah, I have an adult daughter who lives across the country. And the coach asked her how often her daughter reached out to connect with her or returned her phone calls. And the interesting thing was that she said she hardly ever talked to her daughter, and her daughter didn't really ever call her. It was always this woman reaching out to connect. And sometimes she missed calls and her daughter didn't really ever return her calls. And so the coach asked, well, how do you feel about your daughter? And this woman said, well, I love her. I know that she's busy. I know she's not blowing me off. And so it's not a big deal. I know that I'll catch her when she has a minute. So isn't that interesting? This woman had a different set of rules for loving her daughter 
than she did for loving her sister. And this is something that most of us do without even really knowing it. And that's what putting conditions on our love means. It means that we love people when they're following our rules or living up to our expectations. But this gets tricky because is that how life goes most of the time? Do most people do what we want or live up to our expectations? Not a lot of the time, right? Most people will do things that we don't want them to. They behave in ways that we don't necessarily agree with. And then we end up with with feelings of maybe resentment or irritation or anger, whatever it is that we're feeling toward that person. So here are some questions that you can ask yourself when you're having a hard time loving someone. The first question is, how do you want to feel about this person? Like, how do you want to feel towards them, right? And the second question is, how do you want to feel? Like inside, what do you, what emotion do you want to experience in your body? Would it feel better to like this person or to dislike this person? Another question, do you understand that you have the option to love this person regardless of what they do and don't do? That's a powerful one, right? That's where the agency comes in. You always have the option to love regardless of what other people do or don't do. And the last question, what is stopping you from unconditionally loving this person? So when you're feeling feelings other than love towards somebody, then go go kind of deep inside and ask yourself these yourself these questions and really get to the root of like what's going on for you. Why is this hard for you to love this person in this situation? And remember that you have the option to feel however you want at any time. Every feeling is available to you, right? We know that. We create our feelings with our thoughts. You might not always choose emotions like love or peace or happiness, but you always have access to them. And that's an important thing to remember. Sometimes when um, I coach someone and I ask, they how, ask how they want to feel about another person, they come up with, well, I just want to feel neutral about that person. Like instead of feeling hate or anger, they just want to feel nothing. Kind of like they don't really care about that person. They just don't want to feel these awful feelings, right? Which, yes, that can feel better. Neutral can feel better than more negative emotions. But is neutral really how you want to feel? If you think about it, we as humans kind of seek after those positive emotions. We want to feel happy. We want to feel excited. We want to feel love. So why would we deny ourselves the opportunity to experience positive emotion when they are within our power to create? So let's look at another example. I was coaching a woman who was telling me about an interaction she'd had with another woman at church. And my client was explaining how she tried to be friendly and smile and connect with this woman when they had moved in. Um, to the ward but every time she crossed paths with her this woman just seemed super disinterested and even kind of like irritated with her and at first she took it really personally that this woman didn't seem to like her at all but then she decided that she couldn't do anything about it and she tried to get this person to like her it didn't seem to be working so she's like okay I'll just tolerate her I'll just feel neutral toward her right but these two were both serving in callings where their paths crossed quite often and once in a while they would see each other out and about during the week And um, the women that I was coaching found that neutral really wasn't working for her. It wasn't what she wanted to feel either. And in trying to just be neutral, it was still easy to slip back into feeling offended or annoyed whenever she saw or interacted with with this other woman. So she decided that regardless of how this other woman acted, she just wanted to feel love for her. And she put love into the feeling line of the model and then found some thoughts that could help her to really genuinely love this woman. And in practicing these thoughts and getting to a place of compassion and love, 
really changed how this client of mine felt not only about the other women at church, but how she felt about herself as well, which was a really huge breakthrough. She really did start to feel what we would call unconditional love. And it felt amazing to her. And she noticed that in feeling love for this woman who before she didn't really even think was deserving of her love, this client actually found it easier to love herself as well. She could feel her own capacity to love grow because now she wasn't only loving the people in her life who were easy to love, but she could open up her heart and feel that love for people who might be a bit more challenging to love. It was a really cool moment where she saw her capacity and her ability for love kind of stretch and expand. And she saw that she had so much more potential for love than she'd been allowing herself or than she'd even realized. And so in the New Testament, the Savior talks about this, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, um, he talks about loving not only our neighbors or those who do good to us, but also the importance of loving our enemies or the people that are harder to love. And you can find it in Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 48. I'll just paraphrase for now. But he is saying that we are to love our enemies, to bless and do good and even pray for those who hate us and use us and persecute us. And why he tells us in verse 45, so that we can be the children of our Father in heaven, so that we can become as he is and love as he loves, which is our goal, right? That's what we're here on earth to learn, how to become like him and live the way that he lives. And then I love this next part. He says, if you love the people that love you, what reward do you have? That's easy to love those who love us and show kindness to us. Um, he said, even the publicans can do that. Basically saying anybody can do that, right? Anybody can love somebody and be kind to somebody who, who loves and is kind to you. And he says, true discipleship comes in loving those that are hard to love. That is the kind of love that will change us, right? That's, that's the love that will change our hearts and our minds and help us to become that next best version of ourselves. So loving those who aren't easy to love increases our own capacity to love as God loves. Okay, last thing and something that has really helped me to understand what Christ-like love or charity is. Um, sometimes when we hear the word charity, um, we think of like service or making donations or taking dinner to somebody or watching someone's kids, right? Which of course, we can do all of these things from a place of love and serving others certainly helps us feel love for them. Um, but I think that sometimes we can go through the motions, right? Just go through the actions of charity or kindness without really applying or feeling that pure, unconditional, genuine love. And so Marvin J. Ashton, he was a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles when I was young. I remember loving when he would speak in general conference. And he was um, he had uh, one talk that really stood out to me that was um, a talk about charity. And I even, I remember as a teenager, put a quote from it up in my room. Um, and I believe it applies even more now than it did 25 years ago. And this is what he said. He said, perhaps the greatest charity or love comes when we are kind to each other, when we don't judge or categorize someone else, when we simply give each other the benefit of the doubt or remain quiet. Charity is accepting someone's differences, weaknesses, and shortcomings having patience with someone who has let us down, or resisting the impulse to become offended when someone doesn't handle something the way we might have hoped. Charity is refusing to take advantage of another's weakness and being willing to forgive someone who has hurt us. Charity is expecting the best of each other. 
And I would add at the end that charity is also not just expecting the best, but seeing the best in each other and looking for the best in each other, right? So I think sometimes it's in treating others with respect and kindness and staying out of judgment, not gossiping or talking badly about others, that we really show our best love, that we really get to that Christ-like love. Taking the time to really care about people and see things from their perspective is love and having patience and understanding when people aren't doing what we think they should do, that comes from that pure Christ-like love. And I think this is how the Savior lived. In studying his life this year, I can see how everything he did, every action that he took was from a place of pure, genuine love. He was able to love so unconditionally because he knew who he was. He never lost sight of his mission or what his life was about. And his love wasn't contaminated with worldly views or... Um, judgments of other people or fear or any of the things that we sometimes let our love get get tarnished by. So our ability to love will not only help us in our lifelong pursuit of becoming like our Heavenly Father, but it will also bring us feelings of peace and compassion and genuine concern for others. And the amazing part of this is that practicing loving others unconditionally really does help us to love ourselves more unconditionally as well. We talk about how our emotions are important because they are the fuel for our actions, right? And so what better fuel can we have than love? I can't think of an action that we could take from a place of real, genuine, unconditional love that wouldn't be beneficial or helpful in the long run. And love doesn't always mean giving in. It doesn't mean being taken, it certainly doesn't mean being taken advantage of or unconditionally approving of behavior But love does mean that we see others as God does and that we get to be in control of the way we experience our lives and what we do. So think about the actions you take from love as opposed to the actions you take when you are feeling resentful or annoyed or angry. They're different actions, right? You're a different person. It's all up to you. It's about all about who you want to be and it's all within your power to choose. And again, as we talked about last time with forgiveness, we aren't on our own with this one. One of the most beautiful aspects of the atonement of Jesus Christ is that he can help us. He can give us the strength to love when it seems impossible. He can help to change our minds and our hearts and help us become new creatures, right? Who can love in a completely different way than we've had the capacity to love before. He can increase our ability to love. And it's all available to us always. It's pretty amazing. Okay, that's what I have for you today. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned. We've got a lot of really great fun stuff coming up. Have a great week and we'll talk soon. If you like what you hear on this podcast and would like to learn more, I invite you to check out my website at motherhoodelevated.com. There you can sign up for a free mini session to see what working with me looks like as well as find information on classes I offer or get on the list for some weekly inspiration straight to your inbox. Again, that's motherhoodelevated.com. Have a great week.